welcome to The Sacred Flesh, a beauty podcast with a ghostly twist. My name is Lee Wick, and I am the owner of Vane Industry Elevation, which is a beauty, business, coaching, training, certification company in downtown Spokane. I also own Vanity Makeup and Skin, which is a gothic alternative day spa, also in downtown Spokane. And we are the outsiders, and that's where we want to be. So we love it here. (laughs) And let's do our roundtable. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I will start with, I'm going to go to Brennan first, because I'm going to introduce my special guest last. Mm. Um, we're quite the, the he's got an aesthetics fan club, so we're going to introduce him last. And so let's start with B, my main, my main B. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. I don't know what to do without my headphones. I know, it's, it, I'm, it's, it is a different world inside here. Yeah, uh, like I don't, I don't feel re- like I'm really, if you don't have headphones, are you really podcasting? I don't think so, no. So it right, doesn't really well, count. Just push record. <laughs> uh, I will, I am going to say, I'm yes. going to plug something here. Oh, go for Today it. Today is Monday, if you're listening to this podcast. In two days, on Wednesday, your podcast on <gasps> Spocast Extra AF is going to come out. Yay! And then everyone can uh, hear your uh Deep dark secrets on my podcast. Shit, I had some hashtag regrets <laughs> that I got like super deep on my podcast. I was like, oh, oh shoot. And then corn came to came to the Oh yeah, the corn to the yeah. Spokane. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so I bring so many yeah. good stories in there. Some uh, of my stories back before I was old. I used to be rock and roll. Pacific you're, North. You're Seattle still not that girl. old, so I'm not that. I mean, I look better than I did then, but and my body shuts down at 9 p.m. But I mean, mm. I still have Mine it too. going on. My skin looks good, so thank you. I'm excited. So everybody can find that Spokane Extra AF Spokast. Spokast. Uh, Extra this, AF. It's, on, it's on Spokast, uh, my podcast channel, and I'm sure you'll you'll share it. I'll share I will. it, and yeah, follow follow me on Spokast.co on Instagram, and you can find. Find it there. I so. love it. I don't. I kind of blacked out. You had me play that game, and then yeah. I don't even know what the hell I said. I just remember having some remorse. So, but it's good. I don't really believe in mistakes. So whatever. <laughs> 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 and then Sydney, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. How are you? It does feel a little weird without the headphones, but I kind of like it. It does. Yeah. And I have a bone to pick with you because I got oh, no. zero horseback riding, a goth oh. on a horse content that's I can ridiculous some stuff I, yeah um, especially with your boyfriend he looks totally goth and why did i not get any horse pictures uh i'll send them to you she went riding horses you guys i'll do it right now yeah it was pretty cool um i've never rode horses before i will tell you while we were riding because it was like kind of in the middle of nowhere the lady yeah you're supposed i mean horses aren't just randomly no um, they're not tied but up outside of the nike store. it was like <laughs> really in the middle of nowhere though was it yeah Exciting. and this lady she was like you know leading us or whatever and she stops and she she starts yelling for a bear and she was like my horse can sense that there's a bear around and i was like what the hell girl? yeah I'd leave. i was I like can't. and she and then she was like she stops us all and she was like this is what you do if your horse takes off because they they'll get spooked and they know just hold on tight basically professional like, words of advice i was like please don't let <laughs> this Sounds happen like a good idea but. <laughs> it did not happen obviously but i was oh. terrified that yeah i hated that part but the rest of it was cool just remember if you if that happens again Get the content of the bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. 
<laughs> I I would totally get my phone out for that. But um, yeah, it was pretty fun. That was cool. Well, as usual, I'll thank send you, you the pictures here. right good, now. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Sydney and I are so funny because she's worked with me for over a year and we can go days without talking. And then it's like, we get together and it's like, it's yeah, awesome. we have to tell each other everything. Yeah, we have to tell each other everything. Yeah, it's awesome because sometimes we don't have the same schedule. No. Um, okay, everybody might have heard his voice just a minute ago because he did chime in, which I love. And if you've heard of my guest today in aesthetics, every um, future professional does know and will know. And if you're in the aesthetics industry and you haven't known, um, you better plug in. So... We are going to introduce you to my special guest and my good friend, Richard Merrill. Richard, hi! Hey, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Lee. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. I knew you were going to turn on your professional voice. So now it's like, okay, now I'm really without my headphones, not knowing what to do. Because <laughs> this just feels like a call. Like well, a- it makes you feel any better. I'm not used to the professional setup when I do podcasts. We do Zoom calls. Okay, yeah. And then that's that. So I get to sit at home. So yes. Nice, nice, nice. Well, Welcome. So Richard is, um, I'm going to basically, I I sent Richard some lists of uh, topics and questions. So we are going to try and stay on topic and be prepared because I have a lot to cover with Richard. He is basically a celebrity in the aesthetics industry. Um, You're published, right? In many, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm going to have you talk about your credentials and your career. Um, I just know Richard because he would FaceTime me in Messenger and we would talk about we would gossip. Everything. Everything. All the things. When I was on my pain pills and in my medical my medical crisis. So we got to be really close and now we are, um, so I'm not used to actually interviewing Richard for professionalism. So I'm going to try and do my spa voice. It'll help keep me focused. Spell professional? Exactly. <laughs> Is that how you talk to people? Like with that voice? In my spa voice. This yeah. helps ground me. It's interdiscipline. Oh, like when, you, like when you're discipline. in the room with someone, you like turn, you put this voice on to talk to them. Like now, I'm going to touch your face. Yes, oh. it's very relaxing. It is very relaxing. Yes, I like it. it. Is it's like as soon as that I was taught that by Estee Lauder. The I mean, not that she had a spot. We didn't do spa work, but oh. we could be the craziest in the back room, and then boom! Mm. Hi, welcome to Matt Cosmetics. Gotcha. Look at you. You're gorgeous today. What can we get for you? Let's do some turn lips. Turn on that yes. special voice that makes them feel extra special. <laughs> makes some money. Yeah, that's that a money voice. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, Richard, here we go. Are you ready? Let's do this. Yay. Tell us about yourself and your career history, everything. All of it? I mean, wow. the condensed version. It's, yeah, it's been a long career. I've been very blessed to find myself working with a lot of the industry leaders throughout my career. Um, I started before I was in aesthetics. I actually started in the beauty industry on the retail side of things. Same. And we had a lot in common that way. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I was, for those of you that don't know this part of my life, I actually was raised to not be openly gay. So when I became an adult and was out on my own, I did not want to be in the beauty industry. I did not want a stereotypical gay job. So I avoided the beauty industry like the plague for years um, I want to retouch on that because that's so important there. You're um, not the fact that you're gay, but you as a male mm-hmm. is so under um, represented professionally in the beauty industry. And, and I thought being gay was going to be hard. Yeah. And it's, it's actually being a boy. That's right? the hardest. And yes. so I really want to talk about that. So we might have to have you back for a follow up. Okay, go ahead. 
So what was interesting is I went in for Halloween, how um, and how perfect that this is having this conversation now mm-hmm. as we get into fall. But I went into Benefit Cosmetics to buy some makeup mm-hmm. and the counter manager from Prescriptives, a few counters over, she was like, you need a job. You need to work here. And I was like, girl, no, just give me my eyeliner and I'm good. Uh, (laughs) And she was not. You were wearing pajamas. She was not (laughs) hearing it. She just did not understand what I, why I didn't want to work in the industry, but she was persistent and she got me to fill out the application. And back then benefit their interview process was actually to just throw you on the floor and watch you do sales. Yep. Do a day and night. Look, here's 10 minutes. But they did. That would have been the normal way. Of Mm -hmm. course, nothing gets to be normal with Richard. No, no, no. They launched a palette called the Dallas palette Mm -hmm. that had the new Dallas box brush bronzer in it and some eyeshadows. They had about 150 of them. And I was at the downtown Santa Monica Pico Mall where they do a lot of filming. So it was a very high end experience. Mm -hmm. I sold out in 20 minutes. Nice. And so I was hired on the spot. Um, and then made counter manager within 30 days. Wow. So I was like, well, I guess this is what we're doing. Yep. And I have always had a passion for helping other people. Yeah. So even though I was in this kind of secure retail job that had a stable income and I had, you know, the counter manager override. So I was making commissions on everybody's sales. I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went back to direct sales, which I know is a curse word in our industry. I want to touch on that too. So we might have to have you back for a third. We're going to talk about all (laughs) kinds of things. We're going to talk about all the things. Yes. What drew me to that industry and that career was the ability to help other people succeed in their own lives. Yeah. Um, And then at some point I decided if I'm going to be in the beauty industry, I knew I did not want to do cosmetology. I have no interest in hair. I'm not doing your hair. I'm not dealing with color. I don't want to do that. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what an esthetician was. Mm -hmm. So I went into Marinello Schools of Beauty to do a walkthrough because at that point in time, there were literally commercials every 15 seconds on every television you walked past. And they said, do you want to be an esthetician? And I said, Esta what? A who? <laughs> Come again? There what is are that? still current estheticians that um, don't know how to spell And they said, well, they focus on just the skincare. And I was like, well, that sounds like me. Sign me up. Yes. And within seven days, I was in school. And you would think that things got better after that. But I turned, in, turned on my crazy um, <laughs> to help pay for school. I was selling Avon at the time. I did $160,000 in six months on a street corner in South Central Los Angeles. Across See, your direct, your direct sales, and I don't lose your train of thought because I have to talk about this, your direct sales um, experience and your philosophies are so important to depoisonize the stigma of direct sales in aesthetics, especially. And I see some of the really intelligent conversations that you have with professionals who may come into the beauty industry wanting to use a direct sales line, but then getting completely shunned and mm-hmm. beat up for hardcore doing that up. hardcore. Yeah. And so I really think you can help destigmatize some of that because really everybody can do what they want. And there is no rule with regard to sales, period. I think it comes down to that actual <clears throat> definition of what cosmetics are. And I think that the higher we get in the aesthetics industry and the spa industry and now in this medical aesthetics world. Right. Um, and yeah, you heard some judgment in my voice. Sorry mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> That's um, all right. <laughs> so I think as we elevate to that level of skincare, 
the stigma continues to rise, but cosmetics are cosmetics. Yes. And I'm not going to get on that tangent today. Right. But I am an advocate (laughs) for people understanding cosmetics. I'm an an advocate for the professional being able to understand ingredients to explain to the consumer. And I'm an advocate for the consumer to understand what they're using on their face. Yes. Yes, Regardless of price Price doesn't matter when you use what works, because when you're using something that works, you're getting the result that you want, so the value is there. And you can't exclude people based on price point. You you have to know who your consumer is, but you can't exclude people based on price point. Absolutely. That is why when you stop talking to certain groups of people, that is why the beauty business gets a bad reputation. And or when you just stop making the offer. Correct. And not even talking. People Give don't them even the chance to say no. And I and you I can get on my soapbox, but I was always the outsider in the beauty industry working at Mac. And I would have people come in and I would make my goal within five minutes of being at work mm-hmm. simply because I made eye contact with people who looked didn't look the part and Absolutely. they would make eye contact with me and I would get them in. That's how I built my whole business is being the outsider. And now if you understand how, if you look at the trends of where the beauty industry is going and Spokane is so different cause you don't see these avatar overly injected filling over fillers. Mm-hmm. There's a whole world out there that doesn't believe in medical aesthetics. And there's more bodies with skin than there are professionals. So Correct. we have to get over this internal thought process of competition. It's totally predatory. Competition exists, but it's really what you make of it. Yeah, correct. And it's really about having the right data to make the best decision for your clients. Yeah, and there's room for all of us. And that kind of rolls me into the next phase of my career. As I entered this professional side of the beauty industry, my first experience was a trade show in Long Beach mm-hmm. where I met the editor-in-chief of Les Nouvelles magazine, which is a huge international I yeah, I magazine. Have that. I get that. And she came up to me and we interacted on social media. I've been very big on social media since MySpace days. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, <laughs> MySpace, MySpace was the best. Do you remember Stick'em is the question. I, I do. And do you, you know what my song was? My song was um, Wolf Mother, uh, Freight Train by Wolf Mother. Why can't you just pop up Facebook and have a song blast you to like set your whole vibe? Right. And I missed top eight. Do you want to know what my song was on Facebook? This will make me seem very young. Um, It was (laughs) the SpongeBob Goofy Goober song. Oh, boy. (laughs) I thought I was so cool. Brennan, what was yours? It was probably something by Fallout Boy. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Mine was probably Celine Dion. I tried to put. On, Dion, I tried to add perfect. that one song by Seether. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? That uh-huh. really popular song. But I got in trouble because uh-huh. it had swear words on it. Uh-oh. So I had to change Explicit it. Lyrics. Yeah. Yes. But I'm grown. Not That's thrilled. right. I'm grown. Go ahead. So I ended up interacting with this um, editor in chief. And the first thing she said to me was, if you want to be taken seriously in this industry, you have to stop selling direct sales. And if you don't know who I am or you're ready to get to know who I am, the (laughs) thing you you will learn first and foremost is don't tell me what I can or cannot do because I will show you that I'm going to do it. Yes. Um, And that's what I proceeded to do. So that conversation actually kind of forced me into a new realm of the industry. And at that job, at that um, conference, I actually got my first job as a brand educator Mm -hmm. and from there it's just kind of continued. I've always stayed in the treatment room up until I got into a car accident that took me out of being able to do services Mm -hmm. for profit. Um, But education and helping others has always been my like, 
baseline. Yeah. So that is how I became the national sales director for an organization that does educational events around the country. And while I was with that organization, I traveled and I was in the trenches with estheticians and I was the one that had to provide the sponsors who became the resources for our members. And in that experience, I really learned what was missing for the independent solo beauty practitioner and the small community day spas. And that is how Richard Merrill Consulting was born, is a direct answer to this need for fundamental business acumen Mm -hmm. that is broken down in a easy to digest way that allows you to be financially successful, but also to be successful in your business where it brings you joy, where it brings you happiness. And, you know, business is difficult on some days, but if you have (laughs) systems and you have ways to work yourself through that, there has to be a motivational component. And I have found that a lot of other consultants and coaches get stuck in that motivation space because there's such a need for that conversation among our industry. But, but I it's think way that, deeper than the motive. It requires action. Yes. Everybody can have an idea and be motivated and it requires an action plan. That's pretty simple. Say it louder for the kids yes, in the back Yes, and that's row. the part. It's like there's everybody talks and people are like, well, how did you get to be so successful after only six years? Well, I worked my fucking ass off. And, and then some. Then some. And yep. I'm not, I don't have any plans on stopping. And I lived through COVID and a medical crisis. And so it's like, I mean, Sydney can tell you, I sit down with her once a month. At least, don't you think? And we talk about numbers. This we is how much you're bringing to, in. I feel like we try to more than once a month. Yeah, but I tell her just exactly. times. Yep, it she knows work her out. numbers as an employee. And I don't want her to, and I want to talk about the differences between solo um, employee and owner in just Can a minute. Can I talk too. about how helpful that is too? Oh, yes, yeah. please. Because I just want to say if you're a boss or someone's boss, it is so helpful when she breaks down all the numbers for me. And it is, it's, I've never had a boss do that to me before or yeah. for, like ever. And seeing that really puts a lot into perspective and yeah. it makes me want to work harder and right. yeah. It and just, you understand yeah. what it is that your treatment room does for the business. Absolutely. And your responsibility in that. And I always want you to be happy and nurtured and, uh, and find passion in your job. And I'm not a micromanager. The bottom line is, Vanity is an expensive. Yeah, she's, right. She's she's a fire breathing dragon. She's a fancy, <laughs> That's right. Fancy so even Lee better get her ass to work. Yeah. So like that. Is, but I do have a question for yeah. you, Sydney. Yeah. Um, when you have these conversations where you're going through the numbers, mm-hmm. one of the kind of myths that I have to debunk all the time is that employees or staff members are actually overwhelmed by that data. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to your experience about how it helps you actually reach your desired goals? Yeah. So I I will say I'm not one to get very overwhelmed easily. I think Lee can, we talk about that all the time. So I, I, do understand how it could be a lot and it could be a lot to take in. But, um, just with where I want to go in vanity and where Lee wants to see me go in with vanity, I think that it helps me to just kind of mentally get myself there more than anything else. It's not really honestly anything to do with me actually like doing things in the treatment room and stuff like that. It's totally a mental obstacle and it kind of, it's, kind of like an ego boost Mm -hmm. in its own weird way. Um, I haven't really had it negatively impact me so far. Hopefully 
that no, does not happen. No. <laughs> yeah. And I think I give it to you in chunks that you can digest and they're relative for what you're actually like when we do your review, then we talk about your, your numbers in, as a whole. But then I'll also tell her all the time, this is what, when she'll sell a series or when she sells a huge retail package, she'll understand this is how much you brought. I mean, I really try to give her those things in small bites as well so that mm-hmm. she understands a direct correlation with the day she had yesterday and what profitability that brought into the business, which secures her place of employment. And yeah. Well, and I think the reason I asked that question is I think that confidence comes from data. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when we don't understand something or we don't even know how to formulate that information, that's actually where the stress of our business comes from. That's actually where the stress for our employees comes from because no offense, please don't take offense to what I'm about to say, but I feel like employees are like our children. Yeah, they it are. It is our job, just <laughs> like a parent is job is to make sure that their child has a successful life, is educated, and is prepared to enter the real world. I feel like that is a owner's job when they bring on staff. And I think one of the biggest issues in our industry right now is that we have owners that want money but don't want the training don't want to right? do the staffing don't and that is and why we want, have seen yes. this huge boost in sweet life yes and i don't have a problem with sweet life right? i had a successful solo salon suite studio business yep however it's not for everybody part one agreed mm-hmm. and part two is if you are an employer or, or if you are a owner of an establishment it's your responsibility to make sure everybody succeeds. And I don't know why we've gotten away from that mentality. Agreed. But I'm going to back up off my little soapbox because that's I actually really love that because I'm not going to disclose, obviously, right now where I worked last. but It was a huge chain. Yeah. yeah I, people could probably put two and two together. But, she said what she said. Um, I mean, I think it's been mentioned on previous has, episodes yeah. too. But um, uh, that's basically what they did. They would hire people and just they just kind of throw you in and with little to no training. And that was the biggest hurdle for her to overcome when she came here because she was offering 65 to $85 facials with that mentality. And suddenly I'm forcing her. My expectation is your minimum facial is 145 and your hourly rate needs to be this amount. And this, when this happens, these three things happen for you. Mm -hmm. And so you have to talk about retail. You have to, you're the expert, you're the the skin authority. And the first time I ever saw her sell $500 in skincare, I like had to excuse myself from, I like what got so emotional (laughs) and awkward, the client's standing there. And I'm just like, I need to take a minute because (laughs) you sound just like me. And I just, Yeah. See, it's um, that mommy moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it is so helpful because the last place, and I mean, I, when I went there, I got training from a friend. And so I was able to succeed in that sense, but I saw the turnover rate was crazy because yeah. there was no training whatsoever. They just threw you into it and nobody knew what to do and they would panic. And every single day they came to work, it was just, they were in panic mode mm-hmm. and that has never, I've never once came here and been in panic mode whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Not in any situation. Even when we're so busy, we can't even yeah. cease on Saturdays. We will have, huge days we'll have people waiting in a sauna and one people one people waiting in the massage chair some some in the waiting some people room. in the waiting room yeah and some, it's like a well-oiled machine yeah. and it has to be and it has I, to be i call it a predictable selling system in my online course but it the idea there is that you know exactly what 
persona you're selling to when they walk mm -hmm. in the door and you yes. finish the consultation. <laughs> and by doing that and having that system in place, you then now can consistently replicate your experience. Agreed. And I think that we, I am a custom facial esthetician. That mm -hmm. is my sweet spot. That's my happy home. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I am fully customizing every treatment. Right. It means that I am analyzing the skin. I'm looking at what the skin needs and I'm doing just that. And that's and there's a way to financially plan for that. Agreed. There's a way to plan for that for sales. Agreed. And we have to start having that conversation. And I think to speak to Sydney's experience, we see a lot of turnover in these chain businesses because there's an expectation among businesses that when you receive your license that you're ready to work and Anybody that has a license knows <laughs> no. where. And to kind of wrap up my resume here, you will now see me. I sit on a board for an advanced aesthetics school that does national kind of advocacy. And I sit on that because I want to be part of the conversation of what the industry looks like next. And we have things that we need to do as an industry. And we have to have professionals who are holding the licenses showing up to conversation. So I sit on that board to be part of that conversation. I also sit on a board with Learn Skin, which is a dermatology-based peer-reviewed education group. And we have now merged a new uh, facet to it for estheticians. And our goal with that organization is to bridge the conversation between licensed estheticians who 90% of the time work with dermatologists when they want to enter that medical field, right. but we want them to not be taken advantage of. And one Correct. of the benefits I have of being on an advanced school board is the doctors go straight to that school for hiring in that area. So we see what the experience is for the newly licensed esthetician and it's not good. No. We are fielding conversations um, we are filing reports ourselves on a regular basis to protect the industry, but to protect the professional. Yeah. And I think that one thing that I really strive to focus on now with all of this experience and the people in my world is I'm going to advocate for you, but I'm going to do it in a way that allows you to learn how to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And that's where my career is now and where I am today is I'm really here advocating the best that I can for spa professionals, but I do it from the space of, I don't want to be your coach for the rest of your life. I want to teach you how to do the things that you need to do so that you can take the joy in your business. Yeah. And that's where we are today. Well, I appreciate all of your words of wisdom and, and just being a sounding board for, for me as a friend and not only before, I mean, the friend came second. I had the respect mm -hmm. for you first. I didn't realize how much I was going to personally love you until we really just kind of knew we'd be neighbors. I know when you moved to Spokane, I was like, wait, so what? adamantly I was not moving to Spokane <laughs> after watching all the lovely rioting happening. I was like, Oh no, I'm going to go to jail. I'm not living there. And here I am. Here guys. you are. That's right. Well, um, I want to get on to the next question and ask you what your favorite treatment is, but I will say how I realized as an owner that everything that I, and I had a successful practice in Tri-Cities with five employees prior to COVID happening and us having to shut down. So I knew my systems worked, but I was always in the treatment room and I was there as, I mean, I might be the leader, but I'm also no better than you. So mm -hmm. I have the same expectations as I have as in, of myself as I do of my employees. We are a team and yeah, I have to make some of the really hard decisions that may not be fun for people to participate mm -hmm. in. And I make no apologies for that because I am not vanity. Vanity is the business mm -hmm. and money is a neutral energy source. Mm -hmm. And I happen to really enjoy it. So I know how to make vanity happy. 
And so I'll do whatever. I'll fire my mom if I have to. Like I, <laughs> so I, I, I have no problem compartmentalizing and cutting off my emotions when it comes time to make a business decision. I just won't. I just don't have any any problem doing that. But what I, it was scary because in Spokane I had to restart everything after mm-hmm. COVID, and um, ha- hiring Sydney. We've, it's just been her and I here. So I really knew that it was working again, regardless of location, mm-hmm. um, regardless of clientele, because my clientele from Tri-Cities are very different than my clientele from Spokane. Mm-hmm. And regardless of all of that, when I had my medical crisis and I was out for three, three months, the business still made money, all because of Sydney. And that... I was out of the treatment room. I was drugged up. I couldn't even answer phone calls. Like I couldn't even. She could barely answer texts sometimes too. Yeah. Like she would literally text me and be like, I'm drugged up. So if I needed <laughs> so anything, that was yeah. available. See your message. <laughs> I will get back to you when I know how to yeah. type again. And <laughs> I just trusted her and I let the reins go literally for using goth on a horse reference again i um used i let that go and she absolutely came through so i just oh, want to thank, thank you i know you. that that works yeah well and i think that's that. a great example of what i'm trying to create is one of the conversations i have with owners when i'm working with them all the time <clears throat> is we have the plan in our head mm-hmm. and you have to take the plan from your head and put it on paper and it's not for you See, no. I think we stop doing it because we think it's for uh, like, I don't need to do that. I know what I do. But the only way you can validate the success of your business is when, and this is what I say, you need to be able to bring in a unlicensed, yeah. no beauty experience, non-professional into your business, hand them your model yes. and they need to be able to replicate it. If it's not able to do that, then you don't have a val- of a business model that is replicatable so the value gets lost and you're scale you're not able to scale anything correct Mm -hmm. and we hear all the time oh well i'll just sell my client list that's the least valuable that is the least valuable item in your business i won't even go to you if you sell it i have the relationship i'm not they're not going to you they're not gonna go to i travel all over the country my clients still call me before they go see another esthetician i have 40 percent of my clients still come from outside of the spokane area and it's and like that relationship, right? And I mm-hmm. really, anyway, so we can go, we're going to have you on again because we have so much ground. I to live cover. here. I'll be back. Yes, please do. Um, what's your favorite treatment? So to perform or to yes, receive? Yes, to perform. So I actually perform a 90 minute custom facial that was my top selling service my whole career, except for the beginning when Brazilians took over my life. Mm-hmm. We don't do those anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the reason that the 90 minute service is my favorite, and I think the reason it became my client's favorite too, is because I didn't do, I don't believe in the enhancement model. I believe throw everything but the kitchen sink Amen. in there. If that's we don't what they need. We don't do any add add ons at all. And that really came We're so from. Similar. We really are, yeah. which is why I think this works so well. Yeah. But I think where it came from for me was I started going to more spas when I became licensed. And there's nothing more annoying than having a huge charge at the end that you didn't know about. Worse. Okay. I'm in the treatment. I'm falling into that state of relaxation and de-stressing my whole body and getting into the moment. And then you stop and you ask me, would you like me to add a mask for $20? Oh yeah. That's so, so First of all, I want you to taste. stop talking to me. Yes. A. Because I'm here to not talk to people. I talk Correct. to people all day, every day. This is my 60, 90 or 120 minutes of pure silence and you just do your job. Uh-huh. And then they 
start going again. And then they're like, would you like me to add some essential oils to your serum? No, I want you to shut up. <laughs> That's right. I want you to shut all the way up. And let me enjoy my service. And so that frustration was yeah. like, okay, there's a need here. You totally. And so I'm also very massage heavy. I'm not a machine heavy esthetician and I have people tease me all the time. It's because you don't know how to use them. Oh, I no. know how to use them. I don't like them. People don't understand the power of a good massage and how no, many how many benefits not. that has just with your hands. And for the estheticians listening that yes. say, I don't do massage because it's fluffy. Massage has medical benefits. Oh, 100,000%. Manual lymphatic yes. drainage is not in the scope of practice in several states because of the medical Correct. association. We so could make please them stop puke telling on the people table if we wanted. Massage doesn't yes. do anything and has no benefit. It's fluff. It is, <clears throat> it is the primary part of aesthetic education for a reason. Correct. Agreed. And that's one of my pet peeves because... You soften the skin. Everybody, oh, I can't get the extractions out. So they take an extractor and they're beating people's face up. And then they scar people. Well, if you massage the sebum and -hmm. get that production going, there's a now treatment response to massage. I'm the same way. I can't stand an extractor. Uh, I'm I'm old school. I like rotary brushes that go both directions. I like suction. I like vacuum. I like spray. Call me old. I don't care. I still get great results. Yeah. I'm a four-time international award-winning licensed esthetician for a reason. There he goes. <laughs> Boom. Um, you can't drop the mic. It doesn't belong to me. I did. That's That's right. Right. <laughs> it belongs to Brenna. <laughs> I'll leave it be. Then. Yes. What did you charge for your 90 minute? And so, that's another thing we, that you have to be frustrated with. And we're skipping down the list here. It's fine. But I get so pissed when people come to me and they're like, um, oh, I don't charge that much for my facials. Well, you're bringing the whole price point down to the entire industry you know what so tell me what your your price was for consumers on that 90 minutes so when i was in the treatment room i was in a lower price category because i worked with lower income clients intentionally correct Mm -hmm. for me my my goal coming from avon honestly was i wanted to bring access to services that are deemed luxury services and i really wanted to combat that mindset in our industry and in the consumer Mm -hmm. it is not a luxury and when you tell somebody who is suffering from acne that it is a luxury for them to get a result for that, it's offensive to it them. It is offensive, And yes. it's offensive to me as a licensed professional that knows better to hear people say that. That is a, something that fires me up because mm-hmm. I think this, especially specifically acne, I'm an acne specialist here. It drives me insane when people say mm-hmm. luxury for it acne. Or, mm-hmm. It absolutely drives me bonkers because like no it's not a luxury to have acne whatsoever nobody wants to have acne i've never Mm -hmm. met somebody that wants to yeah no it's a it's an actual treatment so my operating cost for a facial was 49 dollars an hour so i chose to do 79 dollars for a 30 minute Mm -hmm. i did 99 for an hour and i did 129 for 90 minutes but i want to really make it clear here I do not believe in a 50-50 retail to service ratio. Right. I believe that you should have 30% of your annual revenue is 30% of your revenue from services mm-hmm. and 70% of your revenue should come from retail. Agreed. So in having that mindset, I was able to have a lower service price point on my services because I look at what is my cost? It was $40. As long as I double that and I have a profit margin to be able to do promotions and to bring in clients when I need to, that's what's important to me. But I do see now kind of working with spas across the country, I wouldn't recommend and I get on anybody that charges less than $100 an hour because that seems to be where the 
if I have to give them a baseline number, it's a hundred dollars an hour yeah. minimum. So, and I want to touch on that because, and I agree with you completely is when you understand and really respect the value of retail, it gives you way more, um, option price point mm-hmm. option in offering, um, discounted series or, or mm-hmm. specials doing, I never offer discounts. We don't do sales. We basically offer promo prices or VIP pricing. We call mm-hmm. it something different, right? Like psychological speak is so important when you're Absolutely. talking to a consumer. And so we don't ever say we don't do group, you know, we just don't do those, but we do have something for every budget mm-hmm. because there I've got people in my own family that would never even spend $65 on a facial because mm-hmm. it's a luxury. So we have such a, and it's not a luxury and trying to, to get over those hurdles. And I see the industry, even since I've been in it, cause I was at Mac for 20 years and, mm-hmm. and seeing how much the umbrella of wellness mm-hmm. and how much skin is now taken seriously. And you look at the, how much the aesthetics industry has grown shows Huge. you, yeah, shows you that consumers are taking it so much more seriously and that their skin is a living organ that will remember what you do and your hair is dead. It's done dead. Like you're not going to, your, your skin remembers what you did last night. It remembers mm-hmm. what you did a week ago. And so and that it will tell you what you did 20 years ago. Correct. And it will tell you Southern what's California coming out. Folk. Yeah, exactly. How's the iodine treating you? Correct. So I really, um, feel like when you, when, a, when a professional, regardless of their employment status, understands the power of that they have to bring up their own bottom line with retail. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't care if Sydney offers a $75 facial here. She, I don't micromanage her. She can offer that, but her re- then I better see five products that, mm-hmm. cause her, her expectation is the same. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So she can really, and I like the fact that people don't have to choose between a service and a product. Absolutely. I like being able to, cause it is not a luxury. It, I want them to be able to take something home that's going to benefit them and preserve their result. Well, so. what's interesting is I very early on somewhere along the way decided that I was going to be a gratuity free business. Uh-huh. Um, and when I have this conversation with professionals, they're like, but that's where all my money comes from. And no, that's the problem. That's the problem. And that's, it's very weird how, and a lot of, it's very different based on the East coast. Cause I don't, do gratuity. I have it on so that Sydney can get gratuity mm-hmm. and I never tell a client they can't tip me. However, it's never expected. I don't tell them that they can't tip me, but I do try to redirect the conversation and tell them that I would prefer you invest this correct into your retail regimen. Yep. Here's this is what you want to give me, so here's what we can work out for you. Mm-hmm. Because for me, A, it always comes down to training the consumer that the value is in the retail because it's what they do every single day. Yes. It's not coming in every three to four weeks to no. see me that is making you beautiful. It's that that regimen of doing it every single day. You know, it's like any other habit in our lives. You're not skinny because you went to the gym once. Correct. You know, you're not pretty because you got a facial once a year. Right. It's what you do every single day. It's what you put in your body. It's what you put on your body. And our job, in my opinion, is to support them and foster that good habit. And any chance I have to be able to reward them for that decision is more important to me. And it comes down to, you know, before COVID, nobody would listen to me when I said 30, 60. They thought I was nuts. 70% of my revenue has to be retail. And I'm like, yeah, and I break it down even further. 35% in-house, 35% e-commerce. And here's why. Let's get real clear with the why. COVID. Yeah. You were not allowed to do services. No. And Retail if, kept my business alive during COVID. I made $14,000 and I didn't even 
get out of my, my, I just sold products Mm -hmm. and that was per month. I mean, it's, it's powerful. And I think my power in that statement comes from my direct sales background yeah. and working in the compensation structure. And, and cause I was executive, I ended up going into the executive levels with several brands. And so I seen the behind the scenes. I saw how the numbers work. I worked directly yeah. with the CEO and I was yeah. like, this is a whole different game. And retail is what will keep you alive. Agreed. And so there's a whole conversation. That's there is a whole conversation four, there. That's podcast number four now? No, five. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just get used to my voice, guys. I'll be back. Brennan, you, you've been quiet. Can you believe? Like, I think this is our most disciplined professional podcast, and we don't have the... I was just thinking this. I was like, this is the most professional one we've ever done. Wait for it. (laughs) I know what the questions are. That's right. Uh, Brennan, do you have any thoughts? I mean, I have a lot of questions, but obviously we're going to do more of these podcasts. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, But did you you guys mention how you met? We met on um, a Facebook group. Okay. When he... You were in California. Maybe. Maybe. And we were friends on, um, no, it was when um, Derek, we got put in that group. um, We were put in a group together about regulations. Oh, ACE compliance group. And when was that? Was that That before COVID? Yeah, that was, oh God, that was a long time ago. Yes. And it was basically everybody in the industry that really a lot of the big players in the industry that were considered very compliant and successful and Mm. following the rules um, and wanting to keep the industry elevated were put in this group, this Facebook group, so that we could all, I don't even know. Well, it was myself and a few other people kind of got together after some compliance issues were really big and we decided that we needed a space to have conversation around compliance that was based on each state's regulation. So the idea was, unfortunately it didn't go all the way, but the idea behind it was that we would have a board that kind of managed for lack of a better word, all of the individual reps. And we wanted a rep in each state that would attend the state board meeting, bring back the conversation. And so that we could create this advocacy group. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, It was an advocacy group. Um, I think the problem was that all of the people that were involved, we were all super busy business owners, yeah, which is why we were passionate about the conversation, <laughs> right? but also why we just, it was like, wait, I can't go to Olympia. I'm, I have yeah, clients. It's way <laughs> too much. Of, yeah. Um, so it didn't actually get to take off, but it's interesting. All of us have stayed pretty close. Yeah. And that did make a very interesting little side conversation in our industry because you got to see really quickly who cared about compliance. Yes. Um, And that's such a, if you've ever met me, you know that that is my like baseline. I will, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your experience is. I don't care if you've been in this industry 2000 years. Yes. You are not compliant and you will hear my mouth and I will happily be the one that reports you. Yes. It's just how it is. I don't care because when you do something that is not compliant, you are risking our entire industry and you don't have the right authority or privilege to take somebody else's career away from them because you're selfish. Mm. So that's show number six. Yeah. Compliance. <laughs> I wasn't passionate there at all. At all. <laughs> not at all. Um, so, yeah, that's how we met. I, that's interesting. And then he moved here. We found out he was, he, he sent me a when text about a year and a half ago. Yeah, about. And said, guess what, bitch? I'm moving there. And mm. I said, Whoo-hoo! Okay. And then here we are. 
Awesome. Yes. And we got to give Lacey a shout out. I mean, oh, yes, she, my fostered Lacey, a, she fostered she, a lot of this too. So I went to, I forgot. Yes, it was Lacey. So Lacey is the one that entered, actually introduced us because mm-hmm. she tagged, she put me in the group and you mm-hmm. were in the group. And then she said, you guys were meant to be friends, blah, blah, blah. Um, Lacey and I have went to beauty school together and I would love to have her on the show, but she probably would tell me no because she's a closet introvert, like very, very introverted yet. Um, she only opens her mouth when she, um, wants to be, wants to correct someone. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Love you, Lacey. Love you, Lacey. (laughs) And she would say, Lee, will you do me a favor and will you talk to them? Because I just... I think I've been kicked out of that group. <laughs> <laughs> she speaks very matter of factly. But man, she knows her stuff. And that's and the thing. She when you're knows confident and things. you know the oh, data. Yes. And she's she's um, really involved in Oregon's uh, legislation, legislation with re- getting a lot of um, services within scope of estheticians in Oregon that have already been in scope in Washington for years. And she's really helped to um, put Oregon in a different playing field for They've been pre- going through a lot of changes the last yeah. few years. That's yeah. actually where the school I'm on the board is for. So I've been privy to a lot of that. Yeah. And, it's, and that's what's happening in our industry though. Yeah. We've had all, and, and since COVID we've actually had a lot of deregulation conversations Correct. in States. And so it's important that if you're licensed participate. Yes. Agreed. So that's how we met. Um, I want to get to the, I've asked you, um, we kind of already have discussed, like, what's your definition of success? So my definition of success is actually not financial, which I think is Correct. really, really common in our industry. And actually one of the things that drives some of the bad decisions, though, I think because we are so passion focused on helping others that somehow that gets translated into not taking care of ourselves. Yeah, and I can, for you can health, say that again. For it's... health, beauty, wellness professionals. We need health beauty professionals in our life because we are so good about being caretakers and caregivers that we don't always do the best for ourselves. And that was where I got to kind of change my whole careers. I want to take care of people. I want them to be successful. Um, but now I'm doing it for the professional yeah. and I'm trying to teach them. So for me now, my definition of success is my client's success. Yeah. I have no problem charging my value. I have no problem saying what my price is. I'm blessed in having confidence in that area. And I hope that I imbue that on every client that I have. But it really, I'm not successful if you're not succeeding. And so I am a very different coach consultant for that reason. Because I will get in the trenches with you. I will dig in the numbers with you. And I take the same approach with my consulting business that I did my spa business. Mm -hmm. I can't sit here and charge for every little upgrade thing and question, but I do have set fees, right? I'm an hourly rate person. I have a program, you buy it and you get unlimited access. But what I'm doing is I'm providing affordability on multiple levels, but the data doesn't change. Right. And I feel like that's what we should talk about next. Um, I'm going to save the beauty school question because I want to have that whole, I want to have you back. Before you jump, I'm going to set one standard. Yeah we used to hear all the time, $100,000, the, the $100,000 SD, the, the six-figure six figure esthetician. Da, 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 yeah. da, 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 da. 
I'm people gonna, don't even know if it's if it's gross or not. I, oh, that part too. <laughs> so I'm gonna make everybody clutch their pearls right now. <laughs> when you work with Richard Merrill Consulting, the bare minimum I will allow you to set as a gross revenue goal for the year is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Perfect. Yes. And the reason for that is, is if you want to be a six figure SD for real, for real, you have to generate at least two hundred fifty thousand dollars in gross revenue, or else you're not taking home sixty thousand dollars of round six. And I don't care what your gross is. I care about how much are you paying yourself every two weeks. Yes. And that is, so I need to, I, that, thank you for mentioning that because Vane Industry Elevation is also a coaching business, but Richard and I are very different and there's room for both of us in the industry. Absolutely. And I really respect and love him because I don't want to handhold my clients mm-hmm. um, the way you do. Mm-hmm. I want to one and done them, right? They come in and so I do more um, treatment certifications and more teaching them how to do the treatment and teach. I do teach them the numbers behind the treatments and mm-hmm. I do get to know about their individual businesses and teach them what profitability actually should look like per mm-hmm. treatment. Um, and you, I remember when we first started talking about it cause you were launching Richard Mirror consulting mm-hmm. about the same time I was starting vain and we yep. were like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Are we seriously the same person. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. I think that was when our relationship really blossomed because yeah. it was, that, again, just that common ground. Yes, of, it's like we've had this this twin flame um, yep. concurrent path, which is so cool. And then you were like, well, I don't, I'm not going to teach them how to do treatments. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to teach them how, I don't need to know what they had for dinner last night and when they should, you know what I mean? Like it's, yep. it's very different. And so I, and that's what I love because I can, we can share clients mm-hmm. in the industry and we do, which I love. And, and everybody not- learns differently. Yes, so even everybody. if we did have the same exact content, your personality might vibe better with somebody than mine. Cause I'm, I'm very in your face and I'm not for everybody. Yeah, and, and, but and I, you shouldn't be for everybody. I wasn't for everybody in the no. treatment room either. Correct. And I'm okay with that. And I love that because I feel like um, we have such a mutual respect for each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that comes across when um, we, I don't know. I just feel like when it, we interact, you can feel yeah. that there's genuine connection here. Yeah, which I love. Um, um, can you please plug your event uh, from 2023? So as you've heard me say, I have experience as a event director for direct sales summits for spa professional educational events. And one of my dreams was to create a event that was unique. And if you're a spa professional, you've been to trade shows, you've been to educational events, (laughs) you've been to branded educational events, and I've been to all of those with you. But I wanted something different. So from the fundamental idea of teaching business acumen, I really wanted to create a retreat style event because the other thing we just talked about is we don't take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't go on vacation. What's that? Spell it. We go to Rotary Uh, when we have a kidney stone. Right. (laughs) Forced vacation. And if we're solo, hopefully we have insurance to cover that vacation. Um, So... The online course and accelerator program are designed to get everything structurally planned for your business. And I wanted to get more involved. So I created a four day retreat. It will be held March of 2023 in Spokane, Washington. And I'm super excited because I have nine international award winning um, experts. They're amazing. They're amazing. 
coming <clears throat> to speak. But here's what is going to make this retreat different. First of all, there's no sales. So unfortunately, that is di- very different. Yeah. Very so good. The admission price is higher. Mm-hmm. So if that's one question, number one, I get, well, it's higher because I don't have brands paying for this event. And education um, is expensive and this is education. Education is expensive, but also in the four days, when you typically uh, attend an event where the brands are the ones financing that event, they get free rain to talk about whatever it is they feel is important, which nine times out of 10, I hear from the estheticians and the pros all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be sold to. I want to learn. Right. I'm paying to learn. Well, you get what you pay for. You pay $47, you're going to get sold to. Yep. You pay $4,997 for a four-day retreat. You are going to come, and every single one of my speakers has 45 minutes of education time and 15 minutes of implementation time. So you're not going to come and learn something and implement it at home. You will be provided an iPad while you're at the event, and you will be implementing things on the spot. I'm actually going to be doing the sales conversation, so you will do a 60-minute activity. I will provide you everything you need, including the script. You just have to bring your client list with you to the event. And I'll be checking you in at that event. And Lee will be checking you in at that event. Um, giving you the lovely swag bags that are already over valued over $5,000. That's what I'm doing too. So, yeah. Ooh, That's, look at me. He said, I did not to derail you. Listen, I, he said to me, Hey, I have a proposition for you. It's about my event. I said, yes. I didn't even know what it was. She yep. did. She was like, <laughs> yep. toilets, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up. So okay, go ahead. for me, I really wanted to make it an all-inclusive event. So outside of your investment to come to this event, you have two choices. Well, you have three choices. You can do the VIP, which comes with an exclusive dinner where you'll be able to go to dinner with Lee, myself, and the rest of the speakers. Am I sitting with you? Yes. <gasps> cool. Absolutely. So we're going to have a VIP <laughs> dinner for the 24 VIP attendees and the 12 staff members and speakers that are going to be there. I'm going to try not to get really weird and fangirl JC. Go ahead. It's okay. Yeah. I, I'm getting there. Okay. So <laughs> that Sunday after registration, you'll get your, but I'm also including the hotel stay. Yeah. So you will check in. You'll see Lee first. You'll get your swag bag. Then you will go to your hotel, check in, and if you purchase the VIP ticket, you will then get cute and come and join us for dinner. And then Monday through Thursday, we'll, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, we start with breakfast. You'll get breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, three of the days. I'm not giving you dinner on Thursday because I'm sending you home. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Yep. <laughs> um, but throughout this event, you're going to learn. You're going to implement and what, who we have coming. We have Justine Greenwood, who's going to be doing cosmetic chemistry and she's got a really fun exercise planned for you. And say who, what her brand is. It can, so can you? she actually is the founder, CEO and creator of our Coco Botanicals. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm going to try buddy. not to get weird. And just <laughs> so you know, the results of this brand are amazing, but oh, she's there will amazing. be products in all of the VIP bags and oh. the pro attendee bags. Um, she's also a published author, so she's going to be giving everybody a copy of her book that's not even released yet, so it's coming soon. We became Facebook friends, and I was like, Um, I've made it. I've made it. You know, (laughs) I cried. She is actually the only speaker that I did not reach out to. She reached out to me and wanted to participate and support me, and she has been super supportive. And she's actually going to be doing a conversation about mindset to jump off the event. and. 
Um, if you've been following me or if you'd like to hear a conversation we just had, we did a mindset conversation. The replay is available. So just reach out to me and I'll get that to you. But she is also an NLP mindset coach and she's just doing some really big things. So I'm super honored to have her not only attending and speaking, but she is running with this. She is so oh, in yeah. love with it. Oh yeah. I love um, it. I have Joey Vitale coming, who is a <laughs> yeah. trademark specialist yeah. attorney. And I'm he's also just launched. I actually hired my staff through his new VA service. So he'll be talking about staffing your business. Oh good. Um, and then he'll be able to talk to you about what, how a VA will work in the beauty industry. I've got an HR specialist coming to talk about, okay, you guys are you ready for this one. I looked high and low for this. I'm a boy. We talked about being a boy. We yeah. talked about discrimination of being a boy. I'm over the conversation. So I have an HR specialist coming to speak about not just the employee's um, rights for yes. being an employee, but also the consumer's rights. Yes. You cannot discriminate against a male because he has a penis and say, no, you don't get to do this service. Correct. You don't have that right. No. You have the right to reserve to reserve service to someone who is dismissive, disruptive, or aggressive. You don't just get to say I'm the boss and you don't get to come back anymore. And we really have to overcome that. So I have somebody coming to speak on that. That's such an important conversation, especially. And yeah, being in a wheelchair, I, I, you have no, um, there's just not accessibility in the spot industry with, with, with regard to being in a wheelchair. And okay, this, go ahead. the IRS pays you to make your business accessible, <clears throat> but we'll talk about that another day. And they day. all freak out when they realize I'm in a wheelchair and that's who they're talking to. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I love when they, they first, they figure out who you are, what you yeah. are and why you are, but then they realize, oh, you're also educated yeah. and you know, you're right. And well, you know, damn. the RCW wild and the national, yeah, go right. Ahead. So then I have, um, Kenesha Coleman, who is going to be joining me. She's the beauty CPA. She's a former IRS auditor and she has gone full beauty pro CPA. She offers CPA services and CFO services. So I'm super excited to have her joining us. I've got um, Fearless Beauty's author and equality specialist coming, uh, Mary Nielsen. I've got Alicia Pierce coming, who is a huge educator in our industry. She also talks about multi multicultural services and diverse services in your business. She will also be representing the holistic esthetician side from our nice. Learn Skin because she's my board director there. Nice. So I'm just bringing everybody. So what we're talking about, though, is it's not skincare. It's not cosmetics we are talking about fundamental business yeah and you are going to learn and you are going to implement and you will be given two different challenges to earn ten thousand dollars while you're there so it's just there's nothing like it um the other summit that exists that might get compared doesn't include your hotel does it's two days for the same price yeah. this is a four-day retreat all inclusive the only thing you need to get to is the airport will pick you up from there nice that's awesome I'm super excited about that. And, I and just, if you can't travel, we got a virtual attendance. Oh, <laughs> and that's the other fun part. Yes. You'll, we're recording it because we're streaming it live for the virtual attendees. Uh -huh. So you'll have one year access to watch it. So all that's of my so speakers valuable. have decided that they will be in the recorded area. So if you have questions next June, just go back be there. Oh, I love that. They're going to support you. so amazing. We're really about support. And that's the thing that makes me different is I'm hands on and the people I bring are hands on. Yeah, I love We really want to create actual change. Well, I'm honored that you asked me to even just greet people at the door. I, I'm excited to have you there. I think that people need to see all of the different representations of our industry. Yeah. And you'll be joined by Eliza Villarreal, who's one of my VIP clients. Oh, yes. I've seen her on your Facebook before. You yes. Um, she's one of my VIP clients, but she's actually going to be assisting you at the door. Wait, and, and she's in our 
Yes. Mm, yes, she is in our group. Oh, she I love is that. In our group. Okay, go ahead. Um, I actually met her through Amber, um, but she is my definition of success. I She's love the it. person I get to wake up and look at every Monday morning. And say, this is why this program exists. And she's also the one that's out there telling people, shut up and listen. Yeah, I love that. Because <laughs> we got it. Well, thank you very much for being here. Um, we literally have six more shows now that we have yeah, to do. Seriously. Just so six. Yeah, just six. So, Sydney, you don't have a pen, but make that mental note oh. that we have to. That's <laughs> yeah. what okay. we, I guess we can go back and. I guess you can go back and listen to the podcast. Yes, yes. You can get your, get your headphones on and then you can like. You were like, you can now you can listen to it. Yes, yes. now I can listen to it when I do that. Um, okay, final thoughts. Brennan, you have any final thoughts before I turn it over to Richard to tell a ghost story? I, I don't have any final thoughts. I This was a fun conversation. I like listening to other business owners talk about success. Right? Yeah. Because it's so translatable to every business. Yeah, if you really do it does. right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's yeah, I mean, I, I, love, I love it. I love it. I'm going to get in consulting. Yes. <laughs> I should get in somehow. Yes. Someday. I want to do it someday. So like, it, but it definitely. Call me. Watch I'll it. Like you. seeing you two do this is uh, inspiring. So thank cool. you. Well, that's yeah. cool. Sydney. Yeah. Hi. Aren't um, you glad that he was here? Yeah. This has been great. And I know we have like a lot of estheticians that listen to this. Yes. Right? Is what you've told me. Uh-huh. So I think this is a really good conversation to have for that and like, um, clients with vein and yeah. all that. So I think this is a good conversation to have. And it'll be interesting to see how many more followers um, or how many more listeners the Sacred Flesh gets when Richard throws it out there that he was here. Mm. Well, and I think it'll be really cool too is, you know, we talk a lot about empowering the professional, yeah. but equally I think it's important that we empower the consumer. Agreed. They are sold every time they walk out of their door, they're sold a million things and they don't know regulation like we do. It's our job to know regulation, but they should have access to this information and know that we are professionals that really have your best interest. And if you don't feel like you have that relationship with your skincare professional, have a conversation. You have brought me then to another thought. So I don't know if I've ever explained this to you, but my brand for vain and vanity um, is the duality, the balancing of the consumer and the professional. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say duality is because vanity is the devil on the shoulder saying, buy $700 worth of product. Mm -hmm. It is a great idea. And get your lashes done. Go ahead and get a Brazilian. Book a series of facials. I mean, let you you only live once. Do that. Vanity is the the decision maker for self... um, Indulgence, self-love, correct. Vain is the angel on the shoulder as the professional that tells that professional to treat that consumer and that money source that's coming in and that energy with absolute sacred love and professionalism and compliance and protect them with 100% of your being. I love that. That is the angel and the devil. That's vanity and vain. That's why vain, everything is white and vanity, everything is black. It's just the duality. I love it. And the sca- and I was a paralegal for a long time, so I always have Lady Justice images in my head where the scales mm-hmm. have to be balanced. And Absolutely. it's the same thing. You have to, if you are working in this industry, your duty is to protect the consumer mm-hmm. first and foremost and not forget about yourself because you are also a consumer mm-hmm. in every you go to the store and get coffee. You are a consumer in Absolutely. every industry. We have a responsibility to protect each other as human beings. And money just is not 
money is an energy source. It is, it comes and it goes. And it's a tool. <clears throat> Correct. You have a choice in how you want to use it. Correct. So on that thought, let's get weird. Are we talking ghosts now? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so I had to really think about which story was appropriate to put into the world. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag no regrets. As you heard, I'm so unprofessional all the time. Um, but so I think the story that is going to be the most exciting for today's discussion since I'm back six more times, I guess we'll get the other yes, ones next have, time. Yes, yes. Yes. You have saved some for I'll talk about one of my very first dealings with kind of facing one-to-one the spiritual world. I was dating somebody when I was 18 who was a practicing witch and I've always been religiously fluid and allowed people to make their own decisions. Um, and I had lost somebody very close to me in high school who shared the same birthday as me. So we were super, super close. Um, and so I would go home and visit her and I took him with me and we're sitting in this, well, I'm sitting in the cemetery with my friend and he is bouncing through the cemetery, following someone, something. So I had no clue at that point. I've never been a hundred percent visual. I'm more of an empath. So I feel mm-hmm. energies. Um, but I look, I, tu- I felt something. So I turn around and I look and he's sitting at a grave site and conversing and I'm like well who does he know here and like what's happening so my nosy self gets up and I walk over and I am not going to disclose who it was but it is somebody that was famously known in my hometown but also never found she was abducted from a park and ride and to this day has not been found so I saw the name and I knew who it was immediately Um, But I panicked because I was like, why are you here? Um, And he explains to me, you know, he's connected to her energy somehow. And so they're doing their thing. And I have to be honest with you. I'm 18. I had dabbled in pagan belief systems. um, So I wasn't necessarily opposed to the idea. But I was, you know, I'm in a cemetery. Right. Can you not bring that home with you, please? Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, well, spoke too soon. We went home and went to sleep had dinner, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night and he's in a corner. The embodiment of fear is the only thing that I can tell you. I saw it on his face. I saw it in his mannerisms and I'm asking him what's wrong, what's wrong, but he's not responding to his name. Uh Oh, he's not responding to me. He does like, if you've ever looked at a stranger, you look at them with this very specific look in your eye. Yeah, it was gone. But if there's a level of fear, it's a very specific yeah. look. And he had this look in his eye. And so I said her name. I, I don't know what prompted me. Yeah. But I felt pulled to say her name. And so I did. And he, his body started crying. And I had realized what had happened. And it was a really weird experience for being so, I'm looking at his body. Yeah. I see his physicality, but the emotion, the fear, the mannerisms were all somebody else. Yeah. Um, And that was really an eye-opening experience for me, though. About possessions. actually opened up a door within me, and I dived into the spiritual world. And became more 
assertive on how I spoke to spirit. Yeah. Um, and it was very interesting how many more experiences come after that. Oh so yeah. When you, that's why the, I thought oh, this yeah. was an interesting one to tell. Cause it really was me, you know, breaking open that door yeah. through this relationship. Um, but that was my first encounter with a actual possession. And how did he end up coming out of that? Um, I smacked him. Okay. I didn't know. Sorry. I don't have a better no, answer. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was terrified. Um, once I realized that this wasn't just going to stop at first, I thought it, to be a hundred percent honest at first, I thought he was messing with me Right. until I saw how real it was yeah. for his body. Like, it wasn't him anymore. There was Everybody nothing. wants to do witchy shit until it's time to do real witchy shit. Yeah, well, you know, I had done some things prior to that and yeah. after that, but when you see someone not being themselves, Correct. it's a different That's world. That's real. It really happens. And I wasn't scared necessarily that it was a spirit. I was scared because I didn't know what to do, so I smacked him. Right. <laughs> and then he... He, he kind of fell out. Yeah. And then woke up. And I think this was one of the most interesting parts. He had no recollection. Yeah. He didn't understand how he got on the floor. Right. That's common. He mm-hmm. didn't. He was like, what happened where? And I was and I told him the person's name um, and he was like, she came home with us. And I was like, you didn't ground yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I him. and I think, man, we I need to get um, I need to get some really some of my really, really. I have all these ideas now for a podcast for other podcasts. Um, I think only in the USA do we put the um, mental illness stamp on a lot of I, actual oh my God. Um, spiritual dealings because in other parts of the world, they go to that first. And this is why we're friends. You're the first person I've ever heard say that oh, outside of me. That's my belief. A thousand percent is that we want to give it a med, Make it go away, ignore it, and the power of control. In the meantime, there's a whole thing happening behind the veil that you may never even be privy to on this in this realm. Um, but doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that is so um, widely accepted in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And in the US, it's just we. And I, I mean, you've not listened to very many of my podcasts before, but now I think you will. But I really I, um, go into my my I have a very provocative relationship with religion because mm-hmm. I was raised Mormon. And then I was joined the Catholic Church when my husband and I got married. My husband has a very he, he does not like the Catholic Church. Um, but we I was very, very called to the Catholic Church. And I'm not practicing now, but we I because of the rituals, the ritual aspect. And I was really called. I'm extremely, extremely spiritual, not religious. However, I, I have a very provocative relationship with the church. So, um, well, and it's interesting that you say that again, just another reason why we're so connected and I know we're close on time here, but mm -hmm. one of the things that came from that experience was this was also around the time when we were seeing a lot of, um, religious prosecution in the United States. Um, and I was in community college at the time, and I actually was honored enough to be asked to be the president of an organization called Students with Informed Faith Tolerance. And the initial reason why we created it was because the only representation on the college campus was Christianity. And we wanted to overcome 
this prosecution through education. And so we created the organization and every week we would have different pantheons, beliefs, spiritualists come in and teach about their religion from being the practitioner of that right. religion. And it was so eye opening to me. And so I know a lot of times Christians, you know, you're, we learn cause I was born, raised Christian. Yeah, me too. We learn to almost fear the things that are beyond our knowing. It's, it's a, <laughs> You're encouraged to fear them. You are. Yeah. Uh -huh. And through this experiences that I've had in my own life and then through learning from other spiritual leaders, I realized, you know, we have a lot more in common than we allow ourselves oh. to believe. And religion is a practice. Spirituality is a belief and they have a space in a home and all of us. And it's okay to be what you want to be yep. and believe what you want to believe. And I'm going to offend somebody here and I'm sorry, not sorry. You get to believe what you want. You get to interact with who and what you want. But at the end of the day, I really believe we're all talking to the same people. We're just putting it in a different dress. I agree. I agree. That is, um, I, yeah, I agree. Do good, be good and don't murder people. I mean, well, who disagrees? I, yeah, I've, I have the provocative relation. I always felt like I wasn't good enough for my church and because my womb was, closed. And, um, anyway, that's a earlier podcast, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. I have, I feel religion is way bigger than what you individually practice. Mm -hmm. And one of the founding reasons that I chose the sacred flesh, a beauty podcast with a ghostly twist is because Everybody, I'm particularly talking to hypervigilant Christians when I say mm. that, oh, well, don't do rituals. <gasps> don't do mm. <gasps> Don't do Palo Santo. <gasps> don't. Oh, my goodness. Don't do that. That you're letting the devil in. Mm. The devil's here, honey. <laughs> He's been here. <laughs> the devil he is, is alive. Here. He is literally rolling around freely. If you haven't seen that in this post-COVID age, then you are not paying attention regardless. But the devil has the same authority as your ex-boyfriend. You want him out, kick him out. And that's the same. And that's the thing that makes me so crazy is because I wanted people to understand why the rituals that they do every single day, that they're just not calling rituals, mm -hmm. what they're connected to from ancient times. Mm -hmm. And we have not gone into the religious aspects of some of the adornments of the body. Mm -hmm. um, but that is certainly a because so much of what we do and call beauty was actually, I mean, persecution and, and um, torture or Absolutely. adorning ritualistically for the afterlife. I mean, mm -hmm. there were really, um, so we haven't, I haven't gone there yet, but that it, so yeah. that's podcast number 27. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys just need to have your own podcast. Right? Yeah. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. So, well, should we should we say goodbye? Is there anything else? Anybody have anything that they feel like? Richard, thank you for being here. I guess I anything? should tell everybody my website. At the oh, yeah, minimum. please do. Yes, yes, yes. That. So I have had a blast today, and I would love to connect with all of you. If you would like to learn more about the retreat, schedule a complimentary complete planning session, which is my first-time guest offering, please go to richardmerrillconsulting.com. It's Meryl is M as in Mary, E-R-R-I-L-L. -L. And you'll fill out my business needs assessment. You'll schedule the call and we will hop on a 60-minute discovery where we will take a very deep dive into your business. And then if you are a match for my business, we'll talk about your solutions. If not, I'll tell you where to go because I have a lot of friends that are consultants as well. Yeah. And if anybody needs... Um 
a lot of my listeners are actually, they follow me as well. And you, Richard's always, you can very easily find him through my page as well. So, um, thank you very much. This has been Lee Wick with Vanity Makeup and Skin. You can give us a call. We're accepting, always accepting new clients, 509-598-8695. On social media, Richard, you have an Instagram and Facebook, all of those things, obviously. So Instagram and Facebook pages are Richard Merrill Consulting. If you're looking for business support that's free, I have a Facebook group called the Complete Spa Business Community where Lee and all of my experts are in there actively. And it is not your typical beauty professional group. It is all business and all supportive. And it's a very different vibe. And so much free information is there, um, which I think that is another thing that you and I are very similar is because I invest when somebody invests me, invests in me with their skin, Mm -hmm. I, it becomes mine. Yes. I'm, I don't want you to leave. I want to know how your skin is. I want to make sure you're drinking your water. I want to make sure you're taking vitamin C. I want to make sure I can tell if you're hungover when you come in. Like I can tell we become. Well, I care about your whole body, I can, your whole cor- being. Correct. Yeah. And I feel like with when I have clients that come to me through Vane, I become personally invested because I'm so honored that they chose me for their mm-hmm. training. And so I want them to be, I do offer continued support. And I know that you give so much free information away that it is crazy. So, well, I believe that you don't know what you don't know. And I know that I'm not the cheapest person on the market, but I still want people to be able to afford me one day. And yeah, you got to get day. there. Yes, we all agreed. started at the beginning and yes. don't let these 20 year veterans tell you any different. We right. all started at the bottom and now we're here. And now we're here. And on that note, thank you everybody for joining us. Sydney. No. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.